Hi, I'm Kevin Drinko. Hi, and I'm Michel Nikolai. And we welcome you to Zizol Network's podcast. We've been in the network industry for over 15 years. And in these podcasts, we want to try and untangle the world of networking, debunk some of those myths, explain some real world examples along the way to help you make better choices about selecting the right tech, product, and even help you guys build faster, more reliable, scalable networks, or just to keep your kids happy at home. So welcome back to another podcast and today we're going to talk about firewalls. So I guess we should look at questions or ask questions about what is a firewall, why is a firewall so important and a standard firewall, is it really enough for the internet and do we need more? Yeah, I think that's the the main question for today because there's a lot of confusion on, on customers saying, okay, is this product enough for me? Will this really protect my customer as it should be. And I think it's good that we, first of all, before we go into this more in detail, what we can offer from Zizel uh, to explain what a firewall is. When you're looking at a firewall, the very basic level of a firewall is something that sits between the internet, which is commonly used as a WAN, so wide area network, and a local network, or LAN, as, it, as it's also known as. And, you know, you can look at it like a, a fence between countries or, you know, a boundary level, basically, between the outside world and your inside world, right? Your network, right? Yeah, so. you want to make sure that it's a little bit separated, yeah? So you can see this, if you want to pass that fence or that border, then you need to pass the, the, the border control, yeah? And, and you know, when you pass the border control, they, they can easily differentiate the cars between the lorries and the buses. Yeah, you can't really see what the people are carrying with them. So, so that's a topic that we want to address. So therefore, we see that the firewall is only checking, okay, this car is allowed, uh, this car needs to wait and needs to be checked more detailed and maybe... It can be seen as a block, as we have a term in the firewall, uh, so that we can check and report, or we just send them back, yeah? So we, we drop the traffic or we drop the packet. So, yeah, so that's a more of a metaphor that we can use to use during this podcast. Yeah, that's right. So when you look at a firewall, um, you're looking at, you know, an allow, block, or drop. So in terms of Allowing, like as Michelle pointed out, it's almost like you're going through a border control. They wave you through and away you go. And if they block you, then they basically, you know, they talk to you, they discuss the situation, and then they turn you away. The other one is to drop, which means not even to acknowledge, which means you just don't go anywhere. You know, you just doesn't respond at all. And these are really the three crucial points of a very basic firewall. And this firewall is practically in all of the kind of products like routers, firewalls themselves, right? This is really how a basic firewall is kind of constructed. But are all firewalls really equal? I mean, they're not really, right? No, probably they have all the basic functions, yeah, maybe with or without netting. So with network address translation, so that we translate the IP number from the public IP to your 
local IP back and forth. Maybe we do that. Yeah, some some vendors they use that as an extra layer of protection. Yeah, but, yeah, even that. Yeah, but the reality is really that's um, really just not by by creating no rule to to trans <laughs> to take the traffic from outside to inside, right? Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But maybe you're looking for a more advanced firewall, yeah, that can bring you a little bit more than just the allow drop and block function yeah if we take it back to the metaphor maybe the border control is not only checking on cars and lorries but is also checking on maybe on the color of the car yeah it's not really very detailed but it's a generic thing that i can check on yeah so yeah some uh, some firewalls can do a little bit more than just the the, the basic ones so i guess the other functionality uh, around firewalls is their ability to create something called a virtual private network okay so uh, also known as vpn and this allows kind of a, I, I guess if you, you know, stick with the same metaphor is is a safe passage between the outside and the inside or between two places without actually seeing the outside right so almost imagine you have one city and you have another city and in order to get to the cities you can pass through a tunnel. So, and this is the same method. When we create a virtual private network, we're actually encrypting the traffic between the two points. So we're actually ensuring that no one can see inside that tunnel what's being passed back. Yeah, forward. that's really important. That's really important. The only thing is we have a lot of different kind of VPNs, how we can encrypt and how we can tunnel. Maybe we can we can list a few, uh, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a few, right? But I mean, off the top of my head, I would say there's uh, there's IPsec, L2TP, L2TP over IPsec, SSL, GRE. That just to name a few, right? And I think really we should probably break down into the maybe the two or three most commonly used ones, right? Yeah, let's let's start with IPsec because if you have a multi-branch company and you want to share your files between the offices then it's most common that we do an ipsec tunnel between those branches to make sure that we share the data but it's secure it's encrypted so that is the the first one that is really popular but also for the mobile users they want to connect to the office network as well and therefore we have our L2TP or L2TP over IPsec as a good solution. Don't you think, Kevin? Yeah, I think uh, this is very popular because um, although you can use IPsec uh, directly from a laptop, for example, the software required to do that often requires licensing and additional costs, whereas L2TP or even L2TP over IPsec, which adds that extra layer of security, actually is built into many of the operating systems, you know, from the iOS to Mac OS and Windows all automatically. So it requires very, very low amount of effort, I guess, in terms of you can deploy, even deploy it through group policies in Windows, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say that. Yeah. And talking about these kind of features, these features are, as we consider, the bare minimum uh, what you should have as a wall between the outside world. Yeah, your internet and your your local network but then is the question do you think this is enough this functionality 
So do you require more? What do you think? I, d- I mean, I think when people think of firewalls, they, they don't realize that actually the firewall element itself is very, very basic. So as we described, it's this drop, block, and allow functionality. But I think people's imagination or what they, they envisage is this great big security thing, like a you know a, a massive wall with perimeter fences and, you know, and everyone, everything being checked. But the reality is when they think of this, what they're really referring to is a unified threat management, right? They're looking at a, a much, much more detailed way of looking at the traffic or the, the information going backwards and forwards between or over this border, right? Yeah, because probably if you are taking care of your own network, you probably want to know more than what's it like, yeah? If it's a car or a bus, maybe you want to know what are the people carrying with them in the car or in the bus. Is this also very important to know for you when you manage a network? Because I can imagine that you want to know what people are bringing in within their car, yeah, within their traffic. And therefore we see that the, the UTM, the Unified Threat Management, is a very good add-on to get more visibility on these kinds of traffic. Yeah, I think when you're looking at the kind of traffic, right, it's not enough just to say, oh, there's a car or a green car or a red car, right? You need to start looking at what's being carried or even the lorry, right? What's being carried inside those vehicles. And this is the way that UTM is really drilling down into it. And unified threat management is not just a single tool, right? Because there is no single way to protect against hundreds of thousands of threats. It's like a multiple different layers, right? So it's like going through different methods of security and different checks along the way to make sure that you are minimizing the risk of anything coming through at all, right? And what this means is that there is not no single approach to the security. There's different angles to do it. And we can actually break this down into kind of two different methods, right? One is how do we block the threats from coming in at the border to avoid people from smuggling things in, right? Yeah, that's what you want to know, yeah, <laughs> what what they are trying to, to do into your network. Yeah, and the I mean, the other way is to do the prevention uh, element, which is managing the risky online behavior. Uh, and actually, I guess we can really relate to the COVID times right now about how that, that works as well. So... Let's start by looking at how we break down the blocking of the security threats, the, the smuggling part, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that first, yeah? I think the, the three elements that we have in our blocking security threat mechanism, the three that we have, one is the anti-malware, then we have our IPS, our intrusion prevention system, and then on top we have our URL threat filtering so three applications that can protect you against, let's say, the smuggling in of the data. Uh, for, for people that maybe are not familiar with all those terms, maybe we should uh, highlight a little bit more what you can expect from the anti-malware engine that we have in our UTM? Absolutely. I mean, so the way that we can look at it is anti-malware itself. I mean, people should be familiar with malware because ransomware is the type of malware, right? But actually anti-malware is protection against virus attacks, botnet attacks, and several different forms of malware, right? So, but of course, the most well-known one is, is ransomware itself. 
We also have IPS, which is abbreviation for Intrusion Prevention System. And this is actually, when we're looking at applications, the vulnerabilities are really common at the initial step in an attack lifecycle. And this is where breaches, infections, and ransomware actually start. So it's really important to start to drill into the packets of data. So think about it this way. When you've got a lorry coming through the border control, we start to look inside the lorry to check whether someone tried to smuggle an extra package inside that vehicle. And this is what IPS is really drilling into at the border is really drilling into even going inside a box, right, to see what's inside the box at a very detailed level to make sure that it's, you know, not just the lorry or the box that's inside the lorry, but what's inside the box as well to make sure that it's, it's the correct content. Yeah, so not a typical overview. No, you want to really dig into it, let's say, yeah, to the traffic itself. What is he really carrying, yeah? So we call it also deep packet inspection. So we check on the packet itself if it's malicious or not. Yeah, same as we do, as Kevin, in his example with the car of the lorry that brings in goods. You want to check what is in the bag, what is in the box, and that's what uh, what we're doing with the IPS engine. Yeah, I mean, it basically looks for a box and it says, this box should con- carry this. You know, like this box should carry wine, but actually there's something else in it. And then what it does is it detects, you know, whether this is actually really what it is. Is it a threat of somebody trying to, add, you know, add something as well, right? If you've ever watched the Border Control series on TV, right, it's a little bit like when they start opening the packages to check it. It's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. And they find all kind of crazy things, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. you're not allowed to bring in or yeah, and whatever. They, yeah, yeah and then they, they mask things into inside other things, right? And this is what IPS is really doing, right? So Yeah. Uh, on top of that, we have the URL threat filter. So this is a way to help mitigate phishing attacks and malware, also block, blocking kind of malicious websites. So imagine somebody put a transceiver or you know something in there to call home. This would be able to detect whether it's calling home and block the signal, right? So you know the smuggler got caught, but we he can't communicate back home, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, we, we have a list yeah, of, of people that we know that are yeah. not trustful or whatever. Yeah? They're trying to, to fool you or whatever. Yeah? So every time you want to address that type of URL, it is automatically blocked and will warn you. and say, don't get in t- contact with this person. So we, we discussed some of the blocking security elements that we have in the UTM but we also have some tools where we can manage or track risky online behaviors from users or devices. So it could not be directly a threat, but maybe you want to control something so that your network is not overloaded or is get too many stuff in that you don't want. Kevin made the example of the the COVID time, yeah, what is allowed to bring in, yeah, Uh, there are some regulations on that one. And those regulations we can put in the UTM to control your traffic. So, I mean, from this point of view, we have, I would say, three major tools that we can really talk about, right? And we have the web filtering. So this is a content-based filtering platform or or functionality where you can, can configure categories and block websites or suspend 
based on a number of different locations like DNS, uh, you know, like the W. So DNS is domain name services. So that's when you type that the nice name like www.google.com into the browser that we look up where that is and check whether that's a something that you should be going to. And this is really useful for things like education where we're blocking traffic going to something that they shouldn't really be watching or seeing online. And also you can control different methods and different things in the category-based filtering tool. The other element is application patrol. So this is something that manages the user's applications and even sometimes the function, depending on what it is within that. And this allows us to block applications or even prioritize applications over other applications by bandwidth managing it or monitoring the application usage. And we can even use that as a way to see the utilization of a network or even the security elements. And this helps us manage, protect, and even enhance the whole network experience as well. So. Yeah, what also is important, especially the application patrol, is that you can clean up your local network so that people are not abusing your network with traffic that yeah you don't want to have in your local network because it will slow down traffic that you really want to use in your network and then you want to, to get rid of the... Yeah, the non-important traffic. So it will give also a good clean out of those traffic you don't want into your uh, into your network. Yeah, certainly in businesses, it just means that you can prioritize the traffic you want, right? So two things, what you know, from the web filtering and the application control is, you can put schedules etc. on the on these types of things, and also block websites, block content, and also prioritize applications so that they their performance is better as well as, you know, the security element of it as well, right? So people can't use applications, for example, uh, as well. Yeah, and then the last one that we, we list in our applications is the GeoEnforcer. GeoEnforcer is a typical application where we can block or allow traffic uh, to or from countries or areas uh, that you can connect to. Yeah, maybe you have some nice examples. <laughs> you have into it's pretty much like the border control, right? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's like almost, you can't you're not allowed to exactly go exactly border control. So I mean, it's a bit like in COVID time. I mean, in UK, we definitely had these corridors that we were were and weren't allowed to travel to. So it reminds me very much of that, right? So you can literally set the configuration to say I don't want uh, traffic to come from here, or or I don't want traffic to go there, and. One of the benefits of doing this is, especially if you're a network administrator, is let's say that you do have a denial of service attack. You can actually, rather than specifically doing IPs, you can block countries or nodes. So it saves you individually putting out IP addresses in that are coming from that region, um, which you feel is unsafe. And if you don't really transfer traffic that way, then also you can you can drop the pack, the packets, right? Yes, yeah, some other example could be that if you, let's say, you allow VPN onto your firewall, you can say, I only allow VPNs that are coming in from my own country. So then you exclude connections from any other country than your own country. Yeah, So it prevents that people that from outside the country cannot log in and take advantage of maybe a vulnerability to to go in on that uh, on that area, yeah. Or 
yeah, what what people do a lot as well, you check on the internet where most threats are coming from, which countries, and then you can use that list as uh, your default list where you want to block traffic from. So that's also a good way to enhance your security on your UTM firewall. I mean, you could also use Secure Reporter, right, to identify where traffic in threats are coming from as well but we'll talk a little bit about that in the roundup so that leads me on to the roundup i guess right <laughs> so when we're talking about firewalls as a functionality itself it's very very basic and like we said before it's this block drop allow functionality and this really is really really an essential part of a product but when you're talking about businesses, we really think that you should be looking at unified threat management as the actual minimum requirement uh, to protect you, your staff, your assets, your network. And some routers, like our Secure Cloud Router series, the SCR50, which we also did another podcast on. So if you're interested in that, you can really dig deeper into the information on that product. We'll give you a, an extra layer of protection against malware and ransomware and they can really leverage a kind of subset of our technologies that we discussed today uh, versus our usg flex series so if you are using or you're looking for unified threat management which to be honest when people think about firewall they're thinking about utm as a as a function they have this grand idea of a you know a massive wall with barriers you know etc but the reality is if you really just think about firewall, you break it down, it's very, very simplistic and doesn't really have a great deal of intelligence behind it and UTM does. So like I said, UTM gives us this multi-level uh, multi approach to how to do it. And in our series you, of products, you can consider the USG Flex series as a fully managed UTM functionality product right, for small or medium businesses. And like I said before, if you've got a lesser budget, then you can consider the SCR series too that leverages that like a subset. And above that, we have the ATP series, right? Which is... Yeah, the ATP series. It's uh, our flagship product we have. It provides you an extra layer of protection on top of the UTM uh, product. It gives you a protection for the zero-day attacks so for the, the attacks that have been invented yesterday and deployed today, we, um, we protect you from that. And we also use our sandboxing for that to share this information with all our other ATP products so that we can really uh, respond, be responsive on any kind of attack that comes through. And I think you know we'll probably cover the ATP and and its extra functions in another podcast. There's so much more to talk about on that product, right? So, and another thing that you should consider about all these products, whether it be the SCR, the USG Flex, or the ATP, is that they all can be managed in Nebula, our cloud platform. Yeah, yeah, and that's a great tool, yeah, to bring all your devices into one platform. Yeah, it's not only the security gateways that we talk about today, but also your Wi-Fi products or your switch products or even your 4 or 5G routers into the same platform. So you can have that managed all through 
one system. And it's a great system to use. Next to the Nebula part, we have also the SECO reporter that's back related to our topic from today, the security one. And it gives more information about the security on your network. How is your network performing in a security uh, environment? Yeah, so it gives some great tools for you know looking at abnormal behavior, looking at users, looking at the kind of how it's being protected, what's being protected, and gives you some real good insights and visualizations, as well as tools that you can use to actually show your customer what you're protecting as well. Because one of the biggest parts of security is, well, it's working. I, I don't know why we're going to pay for it because I've never had a problem. But of course, you've been doing a job, right? The, and the product's been doing a job. So this tool gives you a whole reporting function. And the visualization. Yeah, absolutely. And that is key, especially you can show that to your customer to see how you are doing as a reseller, how you are helping them to prevent attacks from coming in into your customer's network. You can also customize the reports and, you know, so it's got your own logo, et cetera, and schedule them. Great tool. Lots of information to go through on that, but we're not going to go through it today. So so that brings us to the end of the podcast. And I would like to thank everybody for taking the time. Yeah. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast. And hopefully we, yeah, see you back on our next podcast. Thank you very much. 